Good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for week three of our series called The Birth of a Movement. And my prayer today is that we get a little taste of what went on 2,000 years ago. So I'm gonna let you get ahead a little bit. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter two. We'll start reading in verse 36. So if you've got the app, you can go in the app, North Star Church Georgia, in the app store, and go right there in the sermon notes. Also, you probably got one of these on the way in, a little sermon note sheet, a little cheat sheet for you as we work along this morning. Hopefully, you got your Bible. If not, it's gonna be up on the screens, so let's get ahead a little bit. I'm really glad, really glad you're here. For some of you, it's your first Sunday back on campus in a while. Would y'all join me and welcome everybody who made it back to the building this morning? Man. So, Sellers in Compass, I know y'all didn't hear this in True North, but in Compass, Sellers said, use five words. That was the best thing that happened to you last week. So, this was the great experience of my week, greatest experience. Ready? Field of dreams. Anybody watch that the other night? Holy moly. If you didn't I don't know if you're Christian. I really don't. I don't, I don't know how you could claim to know the Lord. So the other night, if, you, if you're not familiar, there was a movie that came out in the late 80s, Field of Dreams, came out while I was playing college baseball. We all went and saw it as a team. I remember it. And the other night when Kevin Costner, who has not aged much, I don't understand, but anyways, Kevin Costner comes walking out with the baseball, and then the players all come walking out of the, cor the cornfield in Iowa, it was, and they had the music. I cry every time I hear that soundtrack. I start crying. It was amazing. And then the game started, and you're watching home runs not just go over the fence. They're going in the cornfield. All I could think of is glad I wasn't pitching. There would have been a lot of balls in that cornfield. It would have been a dangerous place to be. But all I could think was, I wish I was in the bleachers. I wish I was there. Casey and I are texting back and forth going, God, I wonder what it costs that he told me, and I went, I don't want to be there that bad. But anyways, so I wish I was there. I wish I was there because I couldn't quit watching the game here. Man, I wish I was there. I can't imagine what it felt like in the middle of nowhere to watch this happen. Similarly, what we're going to read about today, I wish we could have been there. I wish we could have known what it was like this day, the movement that 2,000 years later we are feeling. The tidal wave started on this day that we're going to read about. Man, I wish we could have been there. I wish we could have been there to hear Simon Peter's voice. I wish we could have been there to feel the anxiousness of the crowd. I wish we could have been there to know what it was like when this massive group of people went from this way to this way. Man, just like I wish I had been there the other night, more than I wish I could have been there on this day. So today, we're gonna peel back lots and lots and lots of covers, and we're gonna figure out what it was like. Would you pray with me right where you're seated this morning? Would you just say, God, show me, show me what happened that day? Would you pray that? 
second, would you pray, God, may I experience what they felt that day? Then would you say, this is the most dangerous of that prayer. Would you say, God, I'm going to hear you when you speak. I want to listen. Father, speak to us. Change us. But God, I pray we don't hear with our ears. But Father, with yours. And I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would y'all read it together with me? Acts chapter two, would you stand with me in honor of reading God's word together? This group of people's gathered. They are listening. They're feeling. Remember the Holy Spirit had just come and that's what we talked about. So if you missed last week or the week before, you can get all those online. And then Simon Peter begins to preach. Now here's the big deal about Simon Peter preaching. It's a, it's a picture for all of us. God's never finished with you. Simon Peter, Simon Peter had struck out when the game counted. And God wasn't done with Simon Peter and he's not done with you. Simon Peter begins to say in verse 36, listen to what he says. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both the Lord and Messiah. Time out. So the hearers of the day, all of a sudden they hear Simon Peter going, it wasn't Jesus was crucified. He said, whom you crucified. Now here's the big part of that story. This is 50 days after the resurrection. There are people in the sound of Simon Peter's voice that were there. Their family members were there. And he was saying, Jesus didn't just die at the hands of people. He died because of you. And buddy, I guarantee you could feel the hush of that crowd when people went, Somebody goes on to say, and Peter's words pierced their hearts, meaning it caused pain in their hearts. And they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, but what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you should repent of your sins. So literally, here's the picture something Peter painted. You were walking this way and God grabbed you and he turned you this way and he's walking back this way. That's what repent means. It means to turn around. It means a change of heart, a change of direction. Each of you should repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus to show that you've received forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, to all the Gentiles and all who've been called by God. Then Peter continued preaching for how long? What's it say? Well, how long did he preach? Long time. Praying that didn't come true this morning. All right, so keep reading with me. Strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter said, they were baptized and added to the church that day about how many? In all. That's a bunch of people. And that day, they experienced 
what we're gonna talk about today. You guys can be seated. So here's the hardest part of reading a story like this. We all have lenses on through which we read the story. So how many of you grew up going, like church, going to church was just part of your story? You just grew up going to church, right? Some of y'all raise your hands like you're still in trouble, all right? And so you're like, oh, yes, I'm here. I'm here, mama, I'm here, woo, all right? So you grew up going to church. Now, the hard part about going to church is you begin to... Um, churchize all the stories, right? And when we, we wear our, our church lenses and we see the story and depending on how you grew up, you read the story differently. So let's just get a baseline of where we're at today, okay? If you're in this room and you say, I grew up True North, Patio, Watch It Online, or Compass. I grew up Presbyterian. Raise your hand if you grew up Presbyterian. You grew up going to a Presbyterian church. A few guys, all right? Got some down front, some in the back. Uh, how many of you say, I grew up Episcopalian? All right, good. A few of you guys grew up Episcopalian. How many of y'all grew up Pentecostal? Raise your hand. Got both hands up, all right? And so that's very fitting. That's good. I'm proud of you. All right, so I'm very excited. So how many of y'all grew up Baptist? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I grew up Baptist, um, and I remember hearing years ago, about the story of a guy that passed away. I don't know if you heard this. Guy passed away and went to heaven and they were showing him around. They're taking him down the corridors of heaven and they said, they went by one room and there was a very studious group in there and they said, who is that? Well, that's, that's, the, that's the Presbyterians. They're in there and they're doing their thing. They're in this room and went down the hall and there was another, another room. People were really excited. And they said, who's that? It was the Pentecostals. And they went by there and they went by another a room and it was full of people and it was, that's the Methodist and went down the hall and, and the guy giving the tour said, shh, you need to be quiet at the next room. He said, why? He said, that's the Baptist. They think they're the only ones here. All right, and so, uh, I don't know. That's fitting thing. So, yeah, Baptist. How many of y'all grew up Methodist? Raise your hand if you grew up Methodist. Good. Our pastor, Steve and I, as pastor growing up, you say Baptist. Methodists are just Baptists that can read and write, right? And that would like you say all the time. So, how many of y'all grew up uh, not going to church? Raise your hand. Wow, a lot of you guys didn't grow up in church. That's awesome. How many of y'all grew up Catholic? Raise your hand. A lot, of, a lot of Catholics in the room. Here's why I asked that question. We all have a lens we read this story through. Here's what I'm asking you to do today. I want you to take off that lens. I want you to get this. I want you to lay it to the side. And I want you just to see what happened that day in the way that it happened. Not, not from my Baptist roots or your Methodist roots or your Catholic roots or I don't, my, like I don't know anything roots. I want us to just get in the moment of that day and see what happened because here's why. What happened that day, you're still feeling the effects of. Remember, going into this day, there were 120 believers in this day. 120. And here we sit in 2021 from all over the world, people in our watching and, and in this room. Because something that day was transformative. And it wasn't informational. It was transformational. Pen, pencil, something to write with. You're thumbing in your phone this morning. I want to write down a couple thoughts. Number one, we learned being a Christian is not about acting better. It's about trusting Jesus as Lord and Savior. 
It's not spiritual rehab. What happened that day was not a, here's the pursuit of being a better person. That's not what happened that day. I think somewhere along the way, and not by the intention of anyone, being a Christian means doing right, right? Doing the right things, making the right choices, and that's part of it. Being a Christian's not about acting better. It's about trusting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It's not a checklist. If I do these things, I am a good person. That's not what it is. Somehow we've turned it into that. That's not what it is. It's about trusting Jesus. Listen to the way Simon Peter said it. So let everyone in Israel know for certain God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. What he was saying, without Jesus, it's impossible to be godly. Not about rehabbing you, your personality. That's, that's not what it is. So behavior modification is what parents we work on, right? So my daughter was in high school, Mary Michael. She may be watching today because she's home. Um, her and Ann butted heads a lot, all right? And so I was gonna say a little bit and that would not be true, all right? And so it was a lot, right? It was a lot. I remember Ann calling me one day going, I don't like your daughter, all right? And so she said that. I said, she's yours too. And she goes, not right now. She's not mine. And Mary Michael was in the car, all right? That was even worse. So, so they were button heads a little bit. So this is high school, and, and now they're, they're thick as thieves now. And so to give all of you hope that have those at home that you do this with, there's, there's hope. And so I remember I went and checked Mary Michael out of high school that day. I drove to the high school and checked her out. And so she's like, why are you picking me up? Why is there a doctor's appointment? And I said, we're gonna have a talk. And so we left the high school, Alatoona, and we drove to Henry's. Because if you're gonna have a hard talk, have good food, all right? And so we drive to Henry's, and she's looking at me like, is this like my last meal ever, all right? And so it's that look on her face. And so we get to Henry's, and she's like, Dad, why are we meeting? 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 And finally, once we got our orders in, we've sequestered ourselves in a corner where I couldn't, nobody, none of you could hear this conversation. And so I, I pulled out, this is true, I pulled out a contract of how behavior was gonna be modified in my house. Because I said, mama was there before you, mama's gonna be there after you. So we gotta modify behavior. So if you're gonna live in my house, you gotta, you gotta do this. And part of hers was just sassin', right? She just always had the last word. I don't know where she got that from. But anyway, so she always had to get the last word in. And we signed a behavior modification contract. They got us through high school and they survived and now they're planning a wedding and it's all fun. So the story turned out great. But it's behavior modification. This is not behavior modification. Following Jesus is a change of heart, right? Big, deal, big difference. We don't modify ourselves as part of a checklist. Here's what I know, and Simon Peter knew this today. Every person's got to figure out who Jesus is for them. Every person. 
who walks the face of this earth has to figure out who Jesus is. Not to their grandparent, not to their mom, not to their aunt and uncle, not to their brother or sister or their cousin or their neighbor or their friend. They've got to figure out who Jesus is for them. I remember, so this morning I got a text. Right before I got walked up to, to do our rehearsal this morning, uh, I got a text from a good friend of mine who was in Sumter, South Carolina. And he spoke at, he was, he was scout, baseball scout. He was scouting at an event and my college coach was there, Bobby Richardson. I remember Bobby Richardson, New York Yankee, telling about his very last day as a New York Yankee at Yankee Stadium on Bobby Richardson Day, they did a chapel service. And in that chapel service was Yogi Berra, Mickey Mantle, Moose Scourin, Tony Kubek, the legends, the Hall of Famers of old were sitting in that room and he brought in a guy named Billy Zioli. And Billy Zioli presented the gospel that day and said, we have three options. We can say yes to Jesus we can say maybe or later, or we can say no. And then he scratched out the maybe or later because really maybe or later because we don't know when our time is, is saying no. I remember hearing that story as a college student when I was playing for coach. And I thought, you know, the guy sitting in that room, it wasn't about, we gotta get these things cleaned up and come to Jesus. No, 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 no. We come to Jesus and then we get things cleaned up. It's the way that it works. Well, number two, maybe this helps. I won't see my need for Jesus until I'm convicted about my sin. (laughs) I won't see why I need Jesus until I'm convicted about my sin. So Jesus died for our sins, the world, John 3, 16, but spiritual transformation happens. I want everybody to get this. When you realize he died for your sins. I remember the day, I remember the place I was when it hit me. Jesus didn't just die for sin. He died for my sin. Whoo, that's a game changer. See, here's the dangerous part. I don't know if you're like me at all. I have a master's degree in picking out other people's sins. Are y'all that way? Like all your shortcomings, I I can find every one of them. (laughs) And I cannot believe that person in the drive-thru gave that person the business. I can't believe it. I just, I mean, who do they think they are? And I, I can't believe how that man was talking to his wife. And I can't believe how that mom yelled at her, her kid. I, I, I can't believe how, and man, I, I got a master's degree and seeing everybody. I can't believe that that person driving down the road told the other driver they were number one. I, I can't believe, I, I, I don't know how, what could ever lead a person. But then I do it, and I, I mean, I don't do that, but I, you know, <laughs> clarify this, that didn't sound good, all right? But all the others, I, I justify why I did it. I can't believe that, that guy would yell at a ref like that, and then when I do it, it's like, I, couldn't believe how bad the call was and it deserved right being yelled at. That's just how we are. But there comes a point in all our lives if we experience a spiritual transformation where we're walking this way and we're confronted with who Jesus is and we go, I ain't just going to heaven because I'm a good guy. He died for my sin. And what happened that day collectively is there was a group of people that, and this is the word, this is what I wrote in my Bible, they got it. They got it. 
listen, listen to the way the Bible says it. And Simon Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they went, if nobody else had ever walked the face of the earth, he would have died for me. That's, that's what happened that day. Don't be alarmed. Nobody's coming in. All right, you're sitting in compass right now in the building. It's not like it's going to fall apart. But he died for my sin. Huge, man. Huge. I think about our 25 years, almost 25 years here at North Star. I remember getting a text. There's a good friend of mine named Steve. And he was searching, man. He was searching. And I remember sending him a book to read. This guy was a business guy, retired early. Sent him a book. And I remember one morning I woke up at 6 a.m. And on, my top, on the text at like 2 a.m. it said, I get it. I get it. He believed. He got it. What happened to this group can happen to you. See, that lens I was telling you about earlier, sometimes we've made this a religious journey. This is not a religious journey. This isn't about knowing more. Look at number three right there in your outline. God reveals Jesus to me because he wants to change me, not just inform me. He reveals Jesus to me not so I can get intellectually smarter, but so he can change my heart. He's the only one that can change you from the inside out. Everything else in life is a behavior modification. We change from the outside in. But when Jesus changes the heart, he changes us from the inside out. All of a sudden, man, I'm 50 years old, and I go, I've never done this before. And we say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And it's like, we don't try to change. He just begins to change us. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in our lives and he begins to change us. Look at what Acts 2 said. Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Each of you, this is what he said. You are walking this way, away from God. So God's over here. You're walking this direction and you are confronted with, it wasn't that Jesus died on the cross for sin. He died for my sin and I own it. That's the step, I own it. Do you know that heaven's a perfect place? Jesus didn't die to just know a story. Jesus died so you could be in heaven with him. So what, let's just maybe this up. What keeps a person out of heaven? What? Sin, right? Sin keeps us out of heaven. One, one sin separates you from God. One, you got that taken care of for you got here this morning, all right? And so one sin, one sin. And Jesus said, they can't come to heaven without me, so I've got to die for their sin. He doesn't come to 
inform me. He comes to change me. Brothers, what should we do? We'll repent of your sins. So that Yankee story I was telling you about earlier, it was so funny Kevin texted me this morning because he was with Coach Richardson. I remember a day a few years ago, one of the Yankees that sat in that room was a gentleman named Mickey Mantle. How many of y'all have heard the name? Mickey Mantle, the great number seven, New York Yankees. Mickey had made it very known among the team that he was okay. He was okay. In fact, he would fly Coach Richardson while he, I'm playing for him. He would fly him to New York to do a Bible study at his restaurant in New York City. But Mickey wouldn't come. He would sit at the bar and drink while Coach spoke to the business people gathered. It just wasn't for him. Coach asked him one day, well, Mickey, what, if something happens to you one day, what are you going to tell the Lord or why you should get in heaven? And Mickey said, well, I'm not really worried about it. I'll sign a dozen baseballs. They'll let me in. That was what Mickey said. A few years ago, Dallas, Texas, coach and his sweet wife, Betsy, get a phone call from a hospital in Dallas, Texas, and it's Mickey who's been given days to live. Mickey said, I want to know what you've been telling me about all these years. And coach and Miss Betsy got on a plane in Sumter, South Carolina, flew to Dallas, Texas. Mickey Mantle that day owned his sin. And that day, he said, I want to go towards Jesus. I've got a little story of it in my, in my uh, office called the ninth inning. And how Mickey in the ninth inning of life said, I want to go that way. And those last hours of Mickey's life changed him. Well, Mike, is that enough to go to heaven? I don't know. Ask the thief on the cross. Worked for him really well. He didn't come to inform us. He came to change us. And then when that change happens, point number four, let's put it under point number three. Repentance is spirit-produced change of heart where you switch allegiance in your life away from sin to following Jesus. If I don't fill in that blank for some of you, it would drive you nuts all day. And so now it's filling. All right, point number four, I'm baptized in water to show others that I'm a follower of Jesus. So what happened that day was 3,000 people were baptized. They walked in that water and they said, I am a follower of Jesus. I've turned this way and I want everybody to know I'm his now. He lived for me. He died for me, and he rose again just for me. That's what baptism is. Baptism is not, you gotta do it to get saved. That is not in scripture. You can be saved, you can know Jesus and not be baptized. That's not the same. Baptism is the means to which we let others know of our faith in Christ. So I I call it, Every now and then we'll use sports analogies here. I don't know if y'all know that or not. And so I like to call it, we put on his uniform. We put on his uniform. We say, I'm on that team. So the other week, the Braves made a flurry of last minute moves for the pennant stretch. And they picked up Soler from Kansas City. They picked up Rodriguez from Pittsburgh. They picked up Rosario. I remember what team he was with. And then they picked up Jock Peterson from the, from the Dodgers last week of the, of the trade deadline. They picked him up. Can you imagine those guys, and it really changed the dynamic of the team. Can you imagine those guys walk in the locker room? Rodriguez was having a great year in Pittsburgh. 
And I'm going, yeah, I really want to stay in my pirate's uniform. I, I like my pirate's uniform. It's prettier. I like black and gold. I don't want to wear the Braves colors. I mean, you would never do that, right? You wear the uniform of the team you represent. That's what baptism is. So in just a few weeks, August 29th, right out here on this campus, we're going to have two big pools out there. and People are going to show their allegiance to Jesus. Here's what I know about today. And here's why my heart has been, <sighs> pressure's not the right word. We have no guarantees in this world. We gotta make the most of every day. We, can I get an amen on that? We gotta make the most of every day. These people that day started a movement that we feel now. Maybe the movement 100 years from now in your generation and your family starts with you. Where you break the cycle of where your family was headed because of what you do with Jesus today. Would you pray with me? Father, as I look out in this room today, I see a good friend, special part of our church family, who with his company walks in and out of surgeries every day. And I know in that surgery room that the people in that room are focused on what is happening. Father, that is how I feel right now about this room. In true north and patio and watching. That you're doing spiritual surgery in some hearts. Maybe you're here today and you said, Mike, this has never been my faith. I've been borrowing everybody else's faith. Today, I want it to be mine. Maybe you're a college student. You just walked in here, man. You grew up in church, and you're like, I'm going to go to church when I get to, get to college. And man, today's that day, and you go, Mike, I've been going to church, and I, I've been a great person, but I've never followed Jesus. Heck, you may be in your 40s or 50s. And today, you said, Mike, I, I didn't know it was a relationship. And can I lead you in a prayer to meet him today? Putting words to what your heart feels and you know what your heart feels right now, that tug. Because like this, dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you live for me. And I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. And today, if you pray that prayer, welcome home. Welcome home. I'll tell you in a second what to do. Maybe you go, Mike, I know Jesus, but I've never put on the uniform. I got, man, Alice, 
did something as a kid. I don't even know what I did. Man, I came to know Christ last year during quarantine. But I've never showed my faith publicly. But I want to. Would you just pray and ask God to give you the courage to make that next right step? Father, thanks for meeting with us this morning. Thanks for finding us right where we are. May the movement that was felt 2,000 years ago, God, if we could get a taste of that now, we get a taste of it when we're obedient to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Would you all join me and let's give the Lord a hand for our time together this morning.